This isn't a cooking show, all right? Uh, but we're going to do it anyway because neither of us uh, speak Hezbollahese. <laughs> Although we've had it on, I've had it on ribbon pasta. Yeah, that's very, delicious. Very delicious. Um, but uh, one of the guys that's on the show, he apparently speaks Hezbollah or Hezbollahese. Um, and uh, there was a big conference that was happening, a big, big press conference. Thousands of people came out. Um, they wanted to hear from their supreme leader about what, you know, what does Allah tell them to do? Should we go kill Jews now or should we do it a little while later? We have that update uh, for you, uh, as well as an incredible uh, story about year zero. If you don't know what year zero is, that's, that's happened a few times uh, in the arrogance of, of people uh, like during the French Revolution or with Mao. The leaders just declare it's year zero and everything else doesn't matter in history. We're just renaming and redoing everything. And that's what's happening in America with including the birds, the bird names. They're changing them. You don't want to miss a second of today's podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical, you Stu, you're, you're not a prepper owl. You still, are you, you, I mean, I'm better than I used to be. I used to just be like duck sauce duck packets. Sauce. Yeah. And I was like, I could live off those for a while. Right. You know, but now you have kids. Now I have kids. So I am a little bit better prepared. Not as, not as good as you, but, but I mean, you are prepared. You really, you do. I mean, uh, you uh, know, I think compared to the average American, I would say yes. Compared to that you. That would mean no. that you have duck sauce and soy sauce. Right. I have both. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not even the packets anymore. I have the bottle. Wow, yeah. you're going and for it. I have Polynesian sauce from Chick Fil A. Wow, so you've got you've got a you got a lot going for a it. A lot going. For yeah, so you'll live for hours, hours. Yeah. Um, Jace Medical is the one thing that I have not been able to figure out until Jace Medical approached me. I haven't been able to figure out how do I keep the medications going for my families. Uh, my family is, you know, you know, my kids will take antidepressant. My Two of my daughters are anti-seizure. Uh, if you have somebody who is uh, diabetic, h- how are you going to survive if the supply chain, or God forbid something worse, went wrong? Jace. Jace Medical. I want you to go there now. JaceMedical.com. Enter the promo code back at checkout. Get a discount on your order right now. You'll go online, fill out a form. You get a prescription. Life-saving medications delivered right to your door. Up to a year's worth of your medication. Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Promo code back. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, yesterday, Russia's Wagner Group uh, said they were going to supply Hezbollah with air defense. So that's good. We got that going for us. Now, Hezbollah mm-hmm. is making a major announcement. Even as we speak, I don't speak Hezbollahese, so um, I, I don't know what they're saying. But we'll get the translation here in about a half an hour. Um, but they're making a major announcement uh, in the Middle East. I think they're going to reverse themselves on gay marriage. Not on homosexuality. They'll still behead you for that. But okay. uh, but on gay marriage, they're going to be fine. Oh, so yeah. nice. Yeah. So that way they can behead both of the well, participants. No, no, in no. The no. If you can, no. if you can, if you want to get married, but mm-hmm. you're not gay, but you want to be gay married, 
you can do that. But no gay people can exist. In fact, they don't exist. You know, if they do exist, they'll have to behead them. The only ones that okay. exist are queers for Palestine. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the queers for Palestine. They'll be all. They'll be all right. They'll be well. They exist. They exist. I wouldn't say they'd be all right. not all right. Okay. They should all not right. visit okay. anytime soon. So we don't know what they're going to announce, but we'll we'll get to that here in a second. Um, let me give you a couple of a uh, couple of other things. Um, Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, and Pat, I would like you to play color to uh, to our sports commentary here, commentary here. And I know we're, you know, but you you know sports, and so you mm-hmm. could you could do this. Um, this is a supermarket where some some shoplifter is trying to get out of the store, uh, mm-hmm. and the security guard is trying to stop him. And something happens towards the end. Here we go. All right, we've got a security guard now playing defense as a shoplifter attempts to leave the store, utilizing a shopping cart as sort of a barrier here. As and it's an interesting maneuver, shuffling back and forth. And oh my! It, oh. Out of nowhere, what was it? Whoa. That appeared to be another shopper who fired a two-liter <laughs> bottle of Coke <laughs> at the head of the shoplifter, and, and down he goes. Watch this. And boom. Oh I mean, that is a good <laughs> shot. Seriously. Seriously, that kid could be a quarterback. Do you know how many, you know how many backup quarterbacks video. are playing in the NFL this 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 week? I mean, a lot. sign a lot, this yeah. person up, this whoever is, it is. I mean, I think that's fantastic. Now, I... I thought it would be better if we ran this video mm. with a little music behind it because it it reminded me of something. And I thought, you know what? I would like to do this. So here it is. I like to teach the world <laughs> to sing. Sing with me. the real thing and i think we should all maybe consider carrying around a two liter <laughs> two liter jug of coke i love how he throws it knocks the guy completely out and then just calmly walks off yeah just he goes just back to the shopping yeah yeah Went now back to what he was doing tell me though this story does not end with the shopper who threw the coke bottle in jail. charged it yeah. depends it depends where did this happen I don't mm. know. Depends on what state. If it's mm. if it's in Texas, okay, guy will get a parade with the Rangers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Depends what city he's in. Yes, mm. yes, yes. That's that's true. That's true. Um, all right. One other thing that I've got, and then you know, I'd love to hear anything you have. I I just uh, we have an article at glenbeck.com. Um, uh, Sabo's been busy lately. Sabo is the street artist in Los Angeles, who is um, well. He's uh, he's he's conservative uh, and uh, well, in some ways, uh, he's he's anti-fascist. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so here are the latest um, from him, the street designs that he has. He's taken one. It's a stop sign that he has now put Joe Biden <laughs> sniffing the hair of a girl <laughs> with the word stop. stop. Uh I actually think that is that's uh, great. That's appropriate and should be. Brilliant. Here's one. Um, this is a uh, highway sign. You know the interstate highway sign, the red, white, and blue one. It says the red Newsom failed, and then Exodus East with a little U-Haul sticker uh, on it. Uh, then we mm-hmm. have uh, then we have this one, World War Three, Full Metal Jack 
something that's blurred out i don't know <laughs> but it has uh joe biden's stupid face really uh, with a hezbollah he's wearing a helmet with a hezbollah banner around <laughs> it or scarf and a ukraine flag on it uh and then uh, the people parachuting in blm loves uh loves hamas now if you happen to be really offended by the uh hamas thing do we have the hamas one first yeah there he hung these from the signs uh or from the stop signs oh my gosh or stoplights all across wow. los angeles they are blm loves hamas paratroopers or, or the guys you know that are paragliders paragliders yeah coming in those he said mm. were the first to be taken down at sunlight mm. my gosh yeah blm loves hamas it's amazing hard to uh, deny it, they seem to they be overtly do. loving them yeah they're making no bones about yeah. it yeah and then of course this is the first time it's been seen on the street one that he made for us we have uh we have t-shirts and sweatshirts sweatshirts uh for this uh it is the trump um uh the trump uh what do you call it a booking photo uh with a little help from uh from sabo just says corn pop one bad dude 2024 <laughs> uh you can find these at glenbeck.com and you can find the corn pop stuff also uh at uh, glenbeck.com find it and uh and wear it proudly uh so pat what was the thing that you felt this week needed to be discussed and is not going to bring us down on a Friday. It's not going to bring us down. Yeah. So there, there was, was no. <laughs> there was no topic <laughs> that won't bring you down. All right. So what is? What are your thoughts on the week? Um, I am flabbergasted at the administration and how they're trying to play both both sides. Mm. Oh yeah. I I can't. It's but it's really a, hard to take. Don't you feel like it's a setup? It's they're only playing both sides as long as they have to yeah that they will go over yeah. to the hamas palestinian side yeah and and the the amazing thing though is how many people have openly already jumped into the palestinian side the hamas side the anti-jewish side and they don't care they don't hide it they, so, they talk about their jew hatred it's so it's like the 30s the, all over again remember the book that i told you guys about the diary i don't know if either of you ever read them uh, the read the diary from the guy the german in world war ii mm. he talks about because i've said you will understand what's coming and where mm. we are in the process if you read this book because he's he's basically writing a diary he gets to this point to where his friends who he thought were normal just a week ago are coming in and saying these damn Jews have all got to go. And it happens quickly. It happens. It, he said it happened overnight, and it happened yeah. overnight here. Yes, yeah. a couple of weeks. Right. You know, all of a sudden, people. Yep. You know, people that you you hear on TV and on the streets are are quoting Adolf Hitler, and you're like, and they're fine with it. They're fine with it. And why is that? I mean, it's been bubbling inside of them the whole time. It didn't just happen. You know, no, it's yeah, just, no, it's it's safe for them now, apparently, to let it out. It's what we warn. It's why I have been talking about uh, anti-Semitism. It's why I went mm -hmm. over. Have you seen the the film from Restoring Courage? The speech I gave. I watched it last night. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Was that inspired? That speech should be given 
today. I mean, it is hmm. it's remarkable because as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, why did I write those words? Why? Because it wasn't happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. were like, and I, and I just felt like it's important to say these things. And mm. it, it, it was written for this time. I'm going to post it this weekend. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Everything that I'm saying, you know, I, I, it was crazy. I'm like, you know, you're going to be in the minority, but you have to stand up. You have to say no. If they're going to say we're coming for the Jews, you have to stand up and say, then count me as a Jew. Um, Wow. I talked about how the world will go insane and they'll all, all of the world, including our government will start to stand up against the Jew. I mean, it's amazing. And that's 12 years old. How'd you look? Shut up. <laughs> Wait, I mean, what's wow. the implication here? I, you I, just don't, I don't know why he snapped. Asked how he looked. Yeah, and I, that was weird. Question. I looked at that young, healthy man there, yeah. you know, at the lowest weight he had been in since, you know, high school. You remember? Because mm-hmm. that week. Was it really? Wow. Two days, two days before that, remember, mm-hmm. I had to go to the hospital. I had passed out. Don't you remember? You weren't there. No, you remember God. that? Part? I remember it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They took me out in the uh, because I was writing the speech, and I'm David Barton walks in, and David said, "Hey, Glenn, how you doing?" And I went, "I'm really." And then I just collapsed on the floor, and I was out for a while. I wake up, mm-hmm. and everybody uh, is around me, security, and everybody's around me, and they're strapping me to a, a you know, a, a what do you call it? Gurney, a, a gurney, and they're picking me up and they're going to take me out. And I'm hearing them on the phone with the prime minister's office. And they're saying he can't go to a regular hospital. He can't, he can't, we can't have this come out. It will be really bad for the event, blah, blah, blah. They took me through the back stairs of this hospital because I couldn't use the elevator. So had to go down the back stairs. I get into this ambulance and they take me to a, this hospital to a, underground bunker hospital that is used mm-hmm. for the prime minister if there's anybody in the uh-huh. military or anybody in the um uh the uh, government that is hurt or you know there's any kind of problems going on with you know terrorism they use that and i go in and i just mm-hmm. see the ceiling of this place and it's completely dark and i'm like what the where are you guys taking me mm-hmm. And they turn on the lights, and then all of a sudden from the hospital, a whole bunch of people come down. Wow. Uh, and, I mean, so it was it today, was weird. Today was they weird. would have had to get you out of there with a crane. But, uh, <laughs> fortunately, that wasn't the case back then. Why do I invite him? Why do I invite him on? Uh, wouldn't it be nice to let... And you brought me cookies yesterday. I know. You, you no, enabler. Right. You and enabler. I got to tell you, Kexi cookies, if you have not had oh. Pat's wife's cookies, they're unbelievable. She's absolutely a witch. I told, <laughs> I told my wife, no, I mean that in a good way, oh, okay. unlike the mm-hmm. one that rhymes when I talk about you. Um, but, uh, I didn't make that last fat joke. That was Pat. Yeah, well, you will. Uh, Nabler. Uh, so uh, I, told, I told Tanya, I said, we are sending 
only Kexi cookies to, you know, because we usually will send, you know, fruit basket or flowers or something. Yeah. You no, know, for the Christmas better. list. This is way, way better. better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. And you got to try the Boston cream pie cookie. Oh, so good. Believable. So you have this. The only cookie com. that I recommend you eat with a spoon. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Delicious. It mm-hmm. is so good. So good. Not that I had one, honey, while you were gone. No. I did not have one. Hmm, why would he? Uh, anyway. That's weird. Kexi.com is a place yeah. to go to get them. Thank you. Great yeah. uh, holiday. How do you uh, spell that stupid thing? K-E-K-S-I. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like it sounds. Just like it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Justin Haskins is uh, with us now. He is the uh, co-author of The Great Reset and Dark Future, both of my uh, New York Times bestselling books, uh, and also Research Center Director for the Heartland Institute Socialism Research Center. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm in Stu's chair. We threw Stu out of the studio. Yeah. He's yeah. terrible. Yeah. I'm in the chair. And I got to tell you, this feels good. This Does feels it? right. Don't get too comfy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have also brought with you Bob Rommel. Bob is the uh, Florida state representative who has been fighting against ESG in Florida. And Florida has the model. Do yes. You, do you think? Oh, yes. Yes. As you know, uh, back when we put the Great Reset book together, and we realized that ESG was the key to the entire Great Reset puzzle. Yeah. And you and I thought, this is pretty depressing because no one's going to do anything about Correct. it. We, we were convinced no one was going to do anything about it. Then the book came out and states across the country started enacting various w- ways of fighting back against ESG. But in many of those cases, we've had 14 different states that have put some kind of anti-ESG legislation together. Most of them are focused on making sure that government pensions and government contracts are not being used to promote ESG causes. That's really good. Okay, that's really great. It's a start. It's a start. But if you really want to protect people, you have to protect consumers. You have to protect the individual. And the only place where they have actually enacted a law that does this, that protects financial uh, individuals from financial institutions promoting ESG is in the state of Florida. And Bob Rommel, who's here with us today in the studio, is the champion of that cause. He's the guy who, who led the charge in the <laughs> House. And he is... A personal hero. He really is. He's a personal hero. So thank you for being here, Bob. Bob, thank you for standing up for this. I don't know why more states won't protect the consumer. They'll protect all the big guys. But it's the consumer. It's the little person when they go to try to get a a loan. You know, the farmer that tries to go get a loan and he's rejected because he's not doing everything he's supposed to do ESG-wise. And that consumer will never be told it was because of ESG, so they can't sue them. They can't do anything about it. Well, Glenn, thank you. And uh, Justin, thanks for those kind words. I don't know if anybody's ever called me a champion, but but thank you. As an ex-banker, I know that if you control the capital, you make all the rules and you do everything. And I started looking at ESG, some of the ESG rules that some people were telling me about two years ago. And then the incoming speaker, I told him about, we have to do something about this in Florida. We need to protect our citizens. To me, it's just another form of discrimination. And as an ex-banker, when we did mortgages for folks, uh, you know, we couldn't discriminate based on race, color, creed, political belief. They got mortgages based on their ability to pay and their income, period. That's what it should be. 
that's the way it should be. And that's right. how our country was built. Uh, and, and you always, when the government messes with our banks and tells them that you have to consider other things, it creates a system that is false and it, it, it creates the bubble that we had in 08. That was the United States government telling banks, you have to make more loans in th- these ways, which the people couldn't afford. But the government was demanding the banks do it. You know, and luckily that we had in Florida, we had a speaker and we had a governor that wanted to do something because the pushback was huge. And it was pushed back on multiple sides. So Democrats, and I believe it was a Democrat that came up with ESG, they're mm-hmm. great at coming up with these new words and these new terminology. Yeah. So the first thing is environment, you know, environment. Mm-hmm. So listen, everybody wants clean water, clean air. So they said, well, we have to do this to save the environment because if not, we're all going to die. And un- I don't know if anybody's listening, but we're all going to die eventually anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're all dying, just slower. <laughs> just slower. So then the social governance, and I, what is social governance? And and if you you know you can look at a couple of the greatest American iconic companies in the world that social governance has destroyed their you know value of their companies. Uh, Disney, Disney, and Anheuser Busch. Yeah, uh, I would. You would think both Coca Cola is really bad too. Oh yeah, and. So me as a business person, whenever I hired somebody, I hired the best, the brightest, and the people that actually show up to work. Yes. Um, and I never looked at their race or you know or their political beliefs. I just wanted to hire the best, and that's how our country was built. Our country was built on access to capital and people like Thomas Edison. Uh, I know you have a issue with Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> Thank but, you for knowing that. <laughs> yes. um, I know you do. Um, and you know and we could we could debate whether yeah, yeah. that was the best technology or not. But we need to make sure that the next inventors have access to capital. So whatever the next great inventor that's going to help civilization is available. And when I saw what was happening, a friend of mine has a multinational company, and he was showing me a worksheet that he would have to fill out to get capital. And it had nothing to do with his business or the ability to pay. It was based on how many transgender people do you have working here? How much uh, carbon footprint do you have? What are you using to mitigate your carbon footprint? And I said, there's something wrong here. And you know what? In the end, it's going to hurt civilization. And in Florida, we wanted to make sure we did something to protect our citizens. Okay. So now, does does this actually, if I'm a citizen and I go to a bank and I feel they've judged me on ESG, does this cover me as a citizen of Florida? Yeah. So uh, there's no doubt that the law, and they're going to challenge it. We, we, yes, we highly yeah, suspect yeah, yeah. banks are going to fight this because they don't they wanted to be able to discriminate against people. That's what banks want the ability to do. And they're being pushed by the left and big asset managers. But yes, that's what the law is designed to do. The law is designed to make sure that if you are being discriminated against, that you have an ability to file a complaint with the government so that the government makes sure that that doesn't happen. Now, one of the problems that we have, and Rep Rommel is trying to address this going forward, is how do we even know that that's what's going on? How do we know the bank? Because the bank might not tell you. The bank right. might just deny you the loan and never Correct. tell you why. Correct. And so we need to figure out a way to make sure that people know why they're being denied access to bank accounts and things like that. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that plan that you have? Sure. We, we know what we did. We knew it was going to get challenged. And and we had tremendous amount of pushback. And 
pushback from people I didn't even understand why they were pushing mm. back. Uh, matter of fact, one of the second in charge of BlackRock came to visit me, the commerce chair in Florida, which, which was kind of cool, but... Um, and he read my background. He goes, oh, it seems like you're more of a libertarian. You're a free market guy. Why are you interfering with business? <laughs> and, um, and I said, it sounds like you're interfering. And, and we, we actually had a great conversation. And, um, and he was talking about, this is just free market business. And I said, well, let's talk about ESG. And I said, did you fly down here to visit me on a private plane? And he said, yeah. Matter of fact, I go, did you pick the most diverse pilot or did you pick the best pilot? He goes, that doesn't matter. And I go, no, it does matter. I go, if you truly believe in this stuff, you'll make the most diverse pilot. God forbid you're ever going to get sick. You're going to get the most diverse surgeon. But it's not. This is about you controlling the markets, controlling capital, controlling people, making people have fewer decisions and maybe buying some bad technology. And you know, they kept pushing and pushing. The banks came back to me and said, oh, you're interfering with us. But you Ugh. know what? They were the all, worst. you know, it's so bad. This banking, it's it's a cartel that yeah. they have going against, uh, you know, against our our representatives and our legislatures in in America. This cartel comes in so heavy handed with loads of money and credibility mm-hmm. and tries to stop people like you. you. You know, and we had to be careful the way you crafted the bill because if you use ESG as a form of scoring, you won't be able to, you know, uh, issue Florida bonds. You won't be able to be access to qualified public deposits or pension funds. But we also had to make sure that if everybody did it, we had we were able to write checks in the state of Florida to pay our bills. Too. <laughs> right. So there was a balance there, and we had to make sure that we there was other access, and and there is. There's not quite enough for three hundred billion dollars in uh, local community banks. So I think we're in a good place there. But um, over the summer, one of our local businesses in Florida, Doctor Mercola, who owns a very big supermarket, but he also owns a multinational natural health vitamin company. And over the summer, I get a call from one of his representatives. He goes, uh, Rep. Brommel, can you help us? And I go, I'll try. What's up? And he said, well, all of the managers and multiple employees from the Mercola markets been debanked. Their bank, which was J.P. Morgan Chase, gave them letters and say, find new banks. We're not going to bank with you anymore. So I talked to a J.P. Morgan. Hey, hang on just a second. How rare because I'd never heard of being debanked before, unless you were like Al Capone. I had never heard of that. How rare did that used to be? Uh, I would think never because banks wanted you to keep your money and your non-interest-bearing <laughs> okay. accounts right. and okay. pay late fees and things right. like that to earn income. So we looked into it a little bit, and I talked to their rep, and they said, well, Bob, you know, he could be doing money laundering or some suspicious activity, and by the law, we're obligated to debank them. I go, his entire workforce, and and they couldn't tell me because you know um, you know I'm not authorized to hear this information, and and again the state of Florida, if you're running arms or fentanyl, we don't want you banking either. Right. But we also believe in due process in the state of Florida. I don't trust you as the bank, and I don't trust you as some federal agency to say this person needs to be debanked because I remember Operation Chokehold. When they told mm. payday loans and arms dealers, I think that was, uh, you know, Obama area, Obama Choke, era, 2013, yep. Operation Choke Point, yep. that you, you can't 
do any banking business. So I don't trust the federal government agencies, and I don't trust the banks that are colluding with ESG with our federal right, agencies exactly right. to do to bank to bank them. So what I'm going to try to do this year, assuming it's passed, um, that if you're a bank and you debank one of our Florida citizens, a business or an individual, first of all, you're going to have to tell Florida. You're going to have to tell the Division of Financial Services, "Hey, I debanked Dr. Mercola, and this is why I did it." And then we, as a state, keep it in private. We'll investigate. If we felt that you did it in bad faith, well, we're going to fine you, and you're not going to do business in Florida. Good for you. And then the individual that was harmed, we're going to allow them to have a private right of action against that bank. Excellent. Excellent. That is fair. That's fair. Yeah, I was that's right. Fair. This is and amazing. That this is what this is. Uh, by the way, this is uh, what is it? Fair access yeah. is yes, what it that's is. That's the shorthand. Uh, shorthand yeah. is fair access. There are many states that have passed now anti-ESG laws, but it is fair access that gives the power to the individual to be able to get the information and to sue if it is if it's wrong information or based on ESG. And you guys have led the way. So. Um, let me ask you, what was the name of the bank that debanked this guy? It was uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase. That's a big I bank. Be- it yeah, is a big bank. Pretty big. <laughs> and I believe J.P. Morgan Chase uh, has, is one of the uh, organizations that flagged the Treasury on uh, money laundering for Hunter Biden. Really? I think that is true. I think, I think it is. you're right. I'd have to check, but uh, yeah, I think it is. I think you it should is. ask them. Did you debank Hunter Biden when you suspected money laundering? You know what? I, I bet they didn't do that because, you know. <laughs> you know it's a good bet. You know, yeah. un, unless they did, and that's why Hunter can't pay his child support. Yeah, yeah well. maybe, maybe. Okay, so what do people need to do to make sure that next year we sew this up? The bi- The biggest thing is that uh, state lawmakers, their representatives all across the country, they need to understand that the uh, that ESG is a huge problem. It's maybe the biggest problem facing uh, the average citizen in America right now. The problem is going to get bigger because in Europe, they're about to make ESG mandatory and they're going to drag a whole bunch of American companies into the mix and they're going to be yep. beholden to Europe's ESG system. Right. They will have to live ESG here if they want yes. to do business And the elsewhere. only it's thing insidious. worse than ESG is ESG created by Europeans. That yes. could, that's the only thing that could yeah. make it worse, right? right. And so what, what we need to do is make sure that there are protections for individuals. It can't just be for big businesses. It can't just be for industry. It can't just be on environment issues or fossil fuels. Those things matter. But we need to have protections for the individual person. And if your state is not doing that, then they are not looking out for you. Yeah. They are not protecting you. And you are going to be a victim of this eventually because there is just way too much money and planning and power behind it, as we've shown in the last two books that we did on this yeah. topic. Um, you you guys are at, um, you're over at the legislative con- conference, aren't you? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you there in, oh, in time for that? Uh, yes. And we're actually presenting together very briefly a little bit later. So I'm glad that you're now oh, learning that this so is happening. I'm so glad. <laughs> I got to catch a plane today. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. You'll Here's what I'm going to say. Justin. Oh, okay. Good. What should people do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the pro-family legislative conference is happening. There are about 200 um, pro-family uh, lawmakers. lawmakers that are in town. Uh, and all weekend long, I'd ask for you to pray for them. These these people 
like Bob are really, I mean, they are on the edge and standing up for the really hard things. They take bullets in the back, in the side, in the front all of the time. Uh, they are looking for pro-life legislation, protecting women's sports. You, I, have you did it start yet this morning? When's the uh, artificial yeah, it started, intelligence? started last night, but today's the first full day of programming yeah, and stuff. Yep. I wish I could be there for the artificial intelligence uh, thing and the digital dollar. Cause well, those are things I'm doing, so you know oh, all good. about what I, what I think on those <laughs> okay, issues. Yeah, day. right, okay. I think I taught you about <laughs> uh, yeah, AI. Well, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is great. Bob, thank you so much. Have you guys decided what's going to happen if, uh, well, eventually... Uh, Ron DeSantis cannot run again for another term. So whether he becomes president or whether he just terms out, is the state going to be stable? Is it him or have you guys written enough into the laws that it can't be changed? It's not all executive order, right? And none of it's really executive order in Florida. We believe in the power of the legislator. If we pass it and he signs it, it's law. You know, states are different than the federal government. Thank God. Yeah. And um, I know you were just talking about, you know, pro-family stuff. We already did boys don't go in girls' room. We already did boys don't play in girls' sports. We did the heart bait bill. And last year for education, we had the education savings account, but basically gives every single child a voucher to go to any school they want. And far do we rank third in K-12 education now. And 30 years ago, we were the worst. Oh, you were. I lived there in the... Uh, what right around right around uh, 2000 and it was Florida struggled with schools yeah. and now we're Texas struggling with schools and we've got one Republican the Speaker of the House here in Texas standing against school choice hopefully that will change the best of the Glenn Beck program <sighs> is everything racist it's time for another episode of everything is racist everything is racist all right going into the pandaverse now uh <laughs> as we as we are looking at uh ornithology yes it's very important glenn uh, i hope you know that a lot of the familiar names you know about from birding i know you're a big birder i'm not a big birder big birder glenn don't, people don't know that big birder i don't know anybody who is a big birder oh huge birder i eat birds you, 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 well that's why you're looking for them so right. you can eat them okay but yes. that's a little different than the typical birder mm, i will say you, yes. you do it a little bit yeah, differently all right but there you're gonna have to say goodbye to some very familiar bird names oh like like i mean say it with me Anna's hummingbird. Anna's hummingbird. Anna's hummingbird. Gamble's quail. Gamble's quail. Lewis's woodpecker. Lewis's woodpecker. That one sounds like we shouldn't talk we about should. it. <laughs> what is that? That's Lewis's That's woodpecker. woodpecker. Just leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> stop playing with that. <laughs> um, Bullock's Oriole. Uh-huh. How many times have you been like, oh, look, it's Bullock's Oriole right over well, there? Well, I, I usually will just say it's an Oriole, but when it's Bullock's oh, Oriole, yeah. that, it rubs me wrong. It does. It rubs it, me wrong. It does. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, this is, these are going to go away because of the American Ornithological Society, uh, mm-hmm. how they vow to change, the, to, I know, to change the English names of all bird species currently named after people along with any other bird names deemed offensive or exclusionary. Okay. Now. Okay, hang on just a second. To whom? The birds? 
No, the birds the don't care about the birds. Names. Don't care. It's, okay. It's apparently, right. about human beings, as they discussed okay. in the article at all length. Right. So, is this happening all over the world in every language? Any any other society that is named a bird? There's only one good. society that matters, and it's really the okay. American Ornithological Society. Okay, all which right. is a word okay. I've said many, many times. Many Not times. just starting yesterday. You remember? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now. There have also band names that were named after like Native American tribes because mm-hmm. that's also offensive. Mm-hmm. Like the Washington Redskins, that was offensive. We had to get rid of yeah, that, even though well, they, they sure. approved of it. About ninety percent of the people mm-hmm. in the tribe approved of it. That didn't matter. So um, this move comes as a part of a broader effort to diversify birding and make it more welcoming to people of all races you and know backgrounds. What? I have to tell you I, because you know me. I'm I'm one with the hood. And uh yeah. I'm I'm down with my peeps in the hood and I'm Okay. we're listening to Lizzo. Lizzo. And uh she's like, "Damn. Where is where my phone? Where at? my phone?" And I say to myself, "Lizzo, have you thought about perhaps Bird watching and uh, birding. Let's call it by the appropriate well, term, birding. I'm I'm in the hood. I, I'm okay. I'm so this is like a slang term. Bird watching is a slang term, a slang term for term. birding. Okay, yes, got so, it. And she says, like. "Where the hell my phone?" And I said, "You don't need one. You just go out with all of the stuff that you might get from the Orientalical society, and uh, and you just go watch watch them birds." And she said to me, and this is a quote. Mm-hmm. Birding is too racist. Oh yeah, and I said, yeah. mm-hmm. "I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that." But can you explain? And she said, "I don't think I have to." To you, Glenn, and I said, "Damn right." That's right. I remember that you told me about that conversation. It's a really good story. We have contemporaneous notes backing that up in case uh, anyone's anybody wants it. to see it. Um, so like this is very common, actually. Like a lot of there's a lot of people who are sitting around and they're just like, you know. I'd love to get into birding, but I find the name Lewis's wood- woodpecker to be a little offensive. I, Can it doesn't we feel use like I'm something else no, besides. No, you don't understand. Because there's, you know, there's never been um, an African American in the side of the barn, and now I've got to replace that whole slab with there. Lewis's woodpecker. No, because Lewis's woodpecker put a hole in the barn. It's 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 a, it's a large bird. I can let's stop. Is it? Let's Lewis stop. Lewis had a a big bird. Okay, all right. And a lot of people let's talk about on. it. So, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Are there a lot of people that go through this process that are like, I just, you know, because there's never been an African American name with the last name of Lewis. That's never occurred. Yeah, uh, certainly well, throughout history. So, Joe. Uh, yeah, uh, Carl. Carl. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's been some. Uh, um, but uh, you think one who wrote Alice mm-hmm. in Wonderland. That one. Yeah. <laughs> whoever that was okay so bio- biologist erica knoll says she was recently visiting some salt marshes now i know you have a, a timeshare near a salt marsh that oh, you yeah. visit often i get all my salt there yes and she saw a common bird there that's called wilson's snipe now as you know oh, there's also it. never been an african-american with the last name wilson uh, they don't <laughs> never occurred flip um, <laughs> russell um, so which uh, this this bird has a long uh, bill and engages in dramatic displays such as flying in high circles, mm. which produces a whistling sound as air flows over specialized feathers. Very good. You yeah. are a birder. I can tell. Yeah, I can tell. That's the uh, Wilson. Wilson Snipe. The Snipe. Which I think is actually a pretty cool snipe! name. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Just snipe! like. 
I do the calls sometimes. But it doesn't say Wilson. It just says Snipe. It just says Snipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this biologist says, quote, and I thought, what a terrible name. I mean, Wilson was the father of modern ornithology. But. But this bird has so many other evocative characteristics. You know, I mean, I think when I think of the guy who founded modern ornithology, uh, when I think of him, I think that damn Wilson. Yes. That damn Wilson. His name is everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. What color was Wilson with uh, Tom Hanks? White. The ball was white. Mm -hmm. Remember that. I got it. Okay. So that's the typical craziness. Number one. They're, they're calling the bird names racist and acting like, you know, some Hispanic person's like, I can't, I would never go into birding now. I've always wanted to bird, but the name, Lewis, I may not bird now. <laughs> beautiful bird. A, a little annoying if it's around your house, but a beautiful bird. Um, so you have that part. I have a whole nest of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Secondary part of this, which is ridiculous, uh, is they're not just targeting, because I guess there have been some of these people who named birds who also were around in the 1880s and made racial racial remarks or did something terrible. I don't know. So, but they're not just targeting those people. I mean, if it's, if it's like Sherman's N-word, I get it. Right. I get you'd it. You'd understand. Right. That. You'd understand a name change with that one. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, we like, it's hard we understand how this process works. We might think it's stupid racing history, but like this has happened all across the country at this point. They're tearing down statues of freaking Ben Franklin. I mean, this is not, yeah, these guys are not, they're not necessarily bad guys. Wilson's not a bad guy, right? They're not targeting only people who yeah. have done things that could be deemed offensive by modern sensibilities. They're because any- Tom, Tom's blue Jay, Tom's blue Jay. Tom was a, Badass guy. Yeah. He knocked over a few of the Southland Corporation's best 7-Elevens back in the 40s. That's Yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, but they're targeting anyone, any name, any, if you're named after a person, they're getting rid of it. So even if you're the best person in the world. But not all around the world. Just, just the American, American Orinthological Society. Got it. Yes. Okay. okay. And all that's crazy. Okay. That, but that's baseline crazy. There's another level of crazy with the story. And here, here it comes. Um, the president, Colleen Handel, says, that was the first I'd ever really recognized or heard that a name was offensive. She says, at that point in time, concerns about injustice weren't a tr- traditionally accepted reason for changing bird names. <laughs> but it really started to change in 2020. <laughs> when police officer... Killed George Floyd in Minneapolis. Wait, that's now, when the birders, the birders said enough of this. Enough of the Wilson snipe right. and the Lewis's woodpecker because George Floyd has been killed in Minneapolis. Now you might say, well, what the hell does that have to do with anything? This is a totally different story. No, I might say produce one birder that said that. <laughs> right. Produce just one uh, that said that. But the issue is it was not really george floyd's murder oh it wasn't because on that same day and you may remember it was you may forget that this was the exact same day as george floyd's same murder. day same day remember this same day a white woman a white woman in oh, central park them. in central park called the police on mm. a black birder oh my god named christian cooper so he was a birder 
Yes, he in was Central a murder. He was a guy who was in the bushes watching, maybe looking for Lewis's woodpecker. Peck, woodpecker. <laughs> she called. She called the police, claiming right. he was threatening her. Oh, boy. Less than a month later, the group called. <laughs> I'm sorry. The group. The name called. is so good. <laughs> Less than a month later, a group called. Bird names for birds. <laughs> bird names. For, I've got to well, join this organization. I, well, I want to be. I, for I, bird. I, I, can you look it up, Sarah, real quick? Just look up for their mission statement. What? Yes. What is their mission statement? Oh. Imagine going door to door trying to get people to go into. Uh, we uh, we represent the bird names for birds club. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so bird names for birds. Yes. Come through. They write to the American Ornithological Society and say, "Hey, George Floyd was killed. This birder was the police were called by a white woman on this black birder. Therefore, we should get rid of Wilson's name from Wilson's snipe." That's basically how this conversation went. Now, the problem with the story, if you remember, it was called the Central Park Karen story. Mm-hmm. This is the story, and the the main issue with this part of it is. The story has been utterly and completely debunked. At there the, was no black birder. There, no, there, well, not maybe not utterly and completely, <laughs> but the black birder did exist, is a human being. But okay. there's a lot of details you probably haven't heard about. That. Okay, okay. So if you remember how this story went down, uh, here's, so here's a couple headlines. A black man bird watching in Central Park asked a white woman to leash her dog. She called the police. Hmm. Um, mm. Amy Cooper was her name. She was charged with in Central Park false report against a black bird watcher. And the problem is that a, is that an actual crime? Is that the crime she was charged with? A false a false police report. Yeah. Oh, but not against a black bird watcher. Oh yeah. Well, well, that's a separate crime. It's like a hate crime. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's that's like there's what, there's false reports it, and then false reports against black, black birders. Birders. And yeah. That's bad. So let me give you the. Uh, the footage of this incident because you'll remember it when you hear it this is uh, amy cooper uh being very uh frantic and ins- i mean she's hysterical in this clip of course the black birder was in the right here is uh, amy cooper this is from the day george floyd di- died would you please stop sir i'm asking you to stop please don't come close to me Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording. Please, please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. Oh, this I'm is gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. I'm sorry, I'm in the ramble, and there's a man, African American, who has a bicycle helmet. He's recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African American man. I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. Thank you. Okay. Now she's very well, hysterical. That, she's very hysterical. He seems like he's under control and a nice totally guy. A calm guy. It's two New Yorkers that are just probably a little nuts they're arguing i mean it's it's, to take you back to this moment though in in all seriousness new york city around may 2020 was pretty freaking nuts people were afraid to go outside this is like this is like very beginning of covid 
Um, and, you know, we can all look back at some of the hysteria then, you know, with certainly, you know, noticing how ridiculous it was. Oh, that's probably but, why she, in her twisted New York way, said he's threatening my life because she, she was saying, don't come closer to me. <laughs> and she's wearing a mask. Well, that that's that's could be that. Um, remember, too, she also had health problems. She was uh, predisposed to being more affected to COVID. She she had barely gone out at all outside. Oh she was gosh. a terrified person. And a lot of people in New York at that point were very terrified. They still are. Some of them remain to this day. Um, but what happened to her afterward? She was a uh, you know, white woman who called police on Black Birdwatcher has been fired. They took her dog from they took her. her dog. They took her dog and... She actually went into hiding, left the country, and went into hiding after this. So let's just say for a minute she is a racist and she did this. You wouldn't necessarily think you'd have to leave the country, but she was being threatened by people. She was terrified of everybody. It was very, very bad for her. When we come back on the other side, I want to give you the actual perspective of what occurred in this incident. Because nobody knows. Everyone watched it that way. The media covered it the way I just described racist white karen going after this black guy for absolutely no reason and uh she she good she got fired good they took her dog good she's out of the country she's a terrible human being in every way okay i don't agree with that i'm glad maybe she's out of the country but for entirely different reasons really yeah i mean oh gee we lost a new another new yorker who was walking their park walking their dog in the park who was wearing a mask and all freaked out about going inside oh but i don't i mean i'd like her to move away in happy terms like i really don't like it here You're right people make too much sense that's true well yeah. i mean i don't as far as i know she's not even a member of bird names for birds oh i and don't that's... know i've got it pulled up here i can oh you do i'll look yeah can i no. join is that am i can i get on board with uh, bird well names i was just birds? looking at the background um, concerns about the honorific common bird names is not new, but this movement seeks to change those names. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. God these names are going away. So they're very upset about Bachman Sparrow is the first one they bring. Oh, really? Yeah, Bachman. Why, what did Bachman, Bachman do? Bachman was a bad, just, well, Bachman, I think. I believe that's probably Jewish. Oh. And the Jewish Zionists, they control all of the bird names. I've been hearing that a lot on college campuses lately. <laughs> uh, it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Na, 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 na.